0: Hello, JCC family, and any guests we have listening on today. I hope all is going relatively well for you all. Um, I know these are not good times we're dealing with. The reality of it is that they're very difficult times. But nonetheless, I hope this sermon finds you well. As we get started speaking about difficult times, today we're going to be talking about that. We're going to, you know, right now, is a very difficult time. It's something that probably most of us never would have imagined we'd be dealing with in the year 2020 or in any year for that matter. Um, Right now, people are dealing with financial issues that they never planned or thought they would, health issues, literal losses of all kinds, including um, loved ones. And then on the lower but frustrating end of the spectrum, we have cabin fever, or in other words, just getting tired of being inside, loneliness, anxieties, fears, potentially flare-ups of depression just from from all that's going on. And I can very much relate with you all because we're all in this together, but these last few weeks, um, I've been feeling it more intensely as maybe some of you have as well for one the cabin fever the 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 frustration with being um, kind of trapped or the feeling of being trapped in the house all the time or um, that kind of dynamic has been much more intense the last couple of weeks I've just been wanting to get out but even as I get out I end up feeling like I'm trapped because I can't do things like I normally would do them. I can't go where I would normally go. Um, and you may be feeling that same way. And even worse, um, exponentially worse than that, we had a, a loss in my family directly linked to the virus, um, my best friend's mother. Um, so we've been grieving that and, and praying peace over the family. But these are trying times For everyone, all of us are dealing with this in one way or another. And our strategy as a church since day one has been to walk in faith, to walk in wisdom, and to walk in love. Faith, meaning we aren't going to cower. um, I shouldn't put it like that. We're not going to walk in fear, though we all of us experience it to some degree here and there, no doubt, but we're going to walk in faith. We're going to make it intentional to walk in faith. We're going to walk in wisdom, meaning we're not going to go and do things that aren't wise in regards to this, this uh, season and this virus. And we're going to do things in a spirit of love. We're, we're trying to protect others and not do things that would put them at risk, family, church family, etc. But as things, as I expressed, seem to be getting more difficult day after day, that feeling of maybe uh, uh, a nuance of claustrophobia inside and outside of the house is um, really locking in. Uh, we, we have to ask ourselves, what does God, God's word encourage us to do during difficult times. And the reality is that God's word has a lot to say about what to do in difficult times. Now, we're not going to cover that whole subject, but we are going to come at it from one angle. Specifically, we're going to be reading from 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11 today. So while you're turning to 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11, I'm going to go ahead and, and start us out with prayer. Holy God, Father, we come before you today in the midst of chaos like we've never could have imagined, in the midst of loss and suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of frustrations, and all that's going on, we come to you because we know that you are our God. And that when it's all said and done, we know that we can come to you with all things and for all things. So we come to you today, Lord God, we ask that you would open your word up to us, that you would speak through me, allow me to get out of your way as you bring your message through this sermon. I pray in Jesus name and that you would open our ears, our hearts, our spirits, to receive the word that you would have for us this day and during this season of our lives. We thank you for who you are, that you always are with us, and that we can come to you in all seasons of life. So we come to you today. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 6-11 through 11. Peter says like this, he says Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him So as, we, as I expressed, God's word has something to say for us about how we navigate these trying times and, and any trying times. So what does this text specifically have to say to us? The first thing that it has to say to us is that in these times, and, and I would say in all times, we need to be aware, be alert of one specific thing. And that is found in verse 8. Verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Listen carefully. It says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring, roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we need to be aware that there is, we have an enemy, that he is the devil and all of his minions, and that they prowl around the world, looking for, or roaring like a lion, looking for someone to devour. So there is a lion, or if you count the minions, there are lions out there prowling to devour us as believers and and non-believers. There's no um, um, issue. The enemy has no issue with attacking either or. He is, uh, John 10, 10 says, he comes only to steal, kill, kill, and destroy. So the text is very clear. We need to stay aware of this reality and we need to be alert. I mean, if you think about it, if someone was to tell you, "Hey, there's a there's a roaring lion prowling around your neighborhood or your property," you would be very alert, right? You would your your eyes would be open, you'd be watching your back, your sides, your The up, your ups, your downs, everything. You'll be watching yourself and your whole family. It's that type of alertness or or, or that kind of um, um, awareness we need to have spiritually in our lives. So right now, the reality that this, as this roaring lion prowls, the truth is for many of us maybe not for all of us for some of us life is kind of going on as normal but for most of us things have changed and for some of us right now we are in a very vulnerable position um in other words the roaring for the roaring lion we are easy prey so i want you i want you to think about a national geographic um kind of storyline or I'm sorry a video that you've watched in the past and you've probably seen them before where you have the lion the ro- the lion probably not roaring but more stalking its prey and whatever animal it's stalking whether it be a zebra or a gazelle or whatever it's they're often in a, in a in a like african plain where there's plenty of space around and as the roaring lion or the lion starts running after the prey, the prey takes off running. And, and sometimes they do get away, right? They, they have a fighting chance because they're out in a, in a, a plane, an open area, and, they're, and some of them are super fast, they, you know, and they can get away from the lion. And in our lives, on, a, on our normal day-to-day life, I mean, the, the, with, aside from or, or without the, the virus in the mix— when life was a little more normal than it is right now, we would have our normal day-to-day things we would do, work, uh, family, um, friends, relax, our normal routines. And, and, and if we needed to get away from a temptation, from um, thoughts that were overwhelming us, from depression, a moment of feeling down, we had more things to do, more things we could engage in. We could get away from the roaring lion, as it were. But the reality right now is that as we are kind of quarantined, or we are quarantined in our, in our homes and in our spaces, we don't have the normal things we would often do. We have to often just stay in the house and try to keep busy and, and try to stay healthy. And, but there's a lot more downtime for many of us. You could kind of, as I mentioned earlier, it feels kind of like we're trapped in our own homes for many of us. So we don't have the open plane anymore to run from the prowling lion, but we're kind of in a way fenced in and the fence isn't even, it's not a, it's not a a cage where the the roaring lion can't get in, but it's, it's kind of like a picket fence where the lion can just jump over and come at us we are trapped and the lion has easy access to us and and let me be clear that the way the bible um portrays us as believers it portrays us as sheep and um let me just be clear that sheep are not fast um they, they they're not r- fast they can't get away they're not we we are not gazelles um we are sheep as far as the bible um, portrays us and as as far as Um, the metaphor that I will be using as well um, has to do with it. So the enemy comes after us when we are vulnerable. And we need to realize that right now is a vulnerable time for many of us. And we need to be aware. We need to be alert of this reality. So what do I mean specifically that we are easy prey and vulnerable? Let me elaborate on that a little bit. Um, As I've already been talking about, COVID-19 this virus has changed things and we're working less We're we're our context day-to-day context is different. Our rhythms are different. We're at home more. Many are more fearful. Many are more anxious than normal. Some are, are experiencing loneliness at a level they haven't felt um, depression, all these things that aren't everybody's normal. They're struggling more than normal. And another thing that maybe maybe you're not one of the people that's struggling in those ways, but maybe you're just bored. Maybe you've cleaned the house enough, or you've you've done everything, you've w- walked the neighborhood enough times, and you're just bored out of your mind. Um, what is this? Is not straight. This is not a verse from the Bible, but you probably will be familiar with this um, this adage that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. You know, I, I think there is some truth to that. When, when we are not seeking actively the God in the, you know, in the moment, or when we are f- bored, there's, there's a chance that the enemy can use that to his advantage and that we can be vulnerable in those times. So the enemy will use this vulnerability and, and we can end up focusing having in, in that boredom in that in that the 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 depression or whatever we can end up focusing on on the negative things around us be, maybe belittling ourselves or others through being judgmental, more irritable, more more family strife and even for some of us temptation feels stronger Whatever that may be it, for you in your life, we, we all have temptations, whether it be gossiping or, or websites or TV you shouldn't look at, or whatever it may be. We all have those things in our lives. Um, whether you consider them small or big, we all are apt, um, we all have a tendency to, to, to be tempted. So the enemy will take advantage of these times, and we need to be aware and alert. And, you know, verse 9 explains that this is not something that just some of us are dealing with. Verse 9, and this is so true of right now in the world with, with this virus. Verse 9 says, the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Right? This is a, a camaraderie we would not want to have um, in the world. The, the, the unitedness in suffering right now. But that's the reality. And the devil and his posse of minions are going to try to come and throw us off. So as the text says, we need to be alert, aware, and we need to know what we're supposed to do next, right? Once we're alert, we're aware that this is either happening, um, that the, the enemy is like a roaring lion coming after us, whether we feel it or not, we need to know that it can happen and it, and it will happen in our lives. So what do we do? The text gives us some great answers for that. One thing we do is we resist the enemy. Um, verse nine says, resist him standing firm in the faith. So we resist the enemy. It doesn't talk here specifically about warfare, like we are going to battle ourselves, although I would encourage you to look at uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and read about the armor of God. I'm not going to talk about it today, but that speaks more of how we we fight defensively and offensively uh, against the spiritual forces of evil. But today in this text, it speaks about resisting the enemy through faith. Through standing firm in our faith. And I would say what the way I would like to sum, sum up what the text is saying, and I'll break it down after that, but summarizing it, I, I believe that that Peter is telling us when we are, are, are to resist, we are to resist the enemy, and the way we do that is to run to our God, to run to into relationship with our God, to run close to our God. And if I can continue this metaphor of the the lion and the sheep, I would like to say that we are to run to our shepherd in faith. We need to draw close to our shepherd, our God. We need to resist the enemy and we need to have faith. So there are three... Elements in this section, the short section, of different ways, different truths about how we can, in faith, resist the enemy by running to God. So we run to God, for one, because we have faith that God is powerful. God is powerful. Verse six says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. So I want you to focus on the wording here. For one, God's mighty hand is very clear, right? It's speaking of the power, the might, the the fact that God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. So we know that God is powerful. But listen to the wording of the words before that. It says, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand. So this speaks of um, us humbling ourselves, us submitting ourselves to God, trusting God rather than ourselves, trusting his power rather than our power, trusting his strength and abilities rather than our strength and abilities. But even more than that, it speaks, the wording sounds, you know, being under God's mighty hand speaks of something of a father, maybe having being under the father's arms, being close to the father or under a shepherd's protection. If you think about the sheep, the ones that are going to be protected by the shepherd are the, the, the best, the most effectively are those that are going to be close to the shepherd. If the shepherd and the sheep are out in a field and one's running uh, far away, um, got out of the herd, that one is more likely to be attacked by the roaring lion. So we are to stay close or to realize that our God is powerful and that we are safe under his protection. So we need to be, stay close to him. And to realize that our shepherd, our God has got us. He is infinitely stronger than the lion that prowls. I'm going to say that again. Our God, our Shepherd with a capital S, He is infinitely stronger than the lion that prowls and tries to devour us. And God is more powerful than any difficulty that we deal with in this life. And I know some of us are dealing with much more difficult issues right now, and maybe it's hard to hear that. But God is powerful. Isaiah 40:11 Speaking of God as shepherd says this God tends to his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart So we need to trust in God he is almighty and by we need to resist the enemy by having faith that our God is that powerful and that, he, and that he is that strong in our lives, much more powerful than the enemy. And we need to realize that as we get behind the shepherd or close to the shepherd, behind him for him to protect us in order that we may resist and be safe from the enemy, we need to realize though that this doesn't mean immediately that all cer- bad circumstances are going to change. Many bad circumstances do change and they get better. There's no doubt about that in time. Sometimes quicker, sometimes not so quick. But the truth is that even if circumstances don't change immediately around us, as we draw close to our shepherd, to our God, get close to Him, get behind Him so He can protect us, so He can strengthen us, we increase in our faith in Him And our peace increases as well about the circumstance. So we can find peace, as the the Bible says, peace that surpasses understanding. Even in the midst of difficulties, we can experience that peace. So what's the second element of faith that we have to have in order to resist the enemy? We need to know that God's powerful. And secondly, we need to know that God loves us. You need to know that God loves you. Verse 7 specifically says, "Cast all your anxiety on him, meaning God, because he cares for you." Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you were to study this this verse a little more closely, the the word specifically cares has a, a subtle nuance that I believe is, is powerful in, under, in understanding God's care for us. Specifically, this word um, can also be translated to say that he's concerned for us or that, he's, that we are on his mind, that he's thinking about us. So he cares for us, he's concerned about us, and we are on his mind, he's thinking about us. His attention, in other words, is on us. He loves us, God, and let me say this too: God is not a distracted shepherd. He loves us, and His attention is on us. There's a couple, uh, a couple verses. So, so, first of all, first of all, verse seven says, "Cast all your anxiety, anxiety on Him because He loves you." As I said, and there's two verses that I believe kind of strengthen this or, 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 or elaborate on this well better than if I just tried to elaborate on myself. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So God, Jesus, as he's speaking here, wants us to to experience peace wants us to thrive you know John 10:10 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy and Jesus says but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly or have it to its fullest another verse that sticks out to me in regards to God's love for us in regards to God's desire for us to find peace in Him as we draw close to Him is found in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight 28 through 30. These are a couple, a few of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jesus says in these famous words, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. So the key word here is, or key words are come to me. We must draw close to God to experience his peace, to experience his love, to experience his power in our life, in our lives. We must draw close to him and have faith and see how he transforms things around us and things in us. So we talked about how we need to have faith to resist the enemy, faith that God is powerful, faith that God loves us, and thirdly, faith that God will save us. Because the reality is we do not want to stay in the situation we're in, whatever bad situation you're experiencing, we do not want to stay in it forever. Um, and I can say, because we're all dealing with this, with this in one way or another, none of us, I, I don't think so, none of us want to deal with COVID-19 for, for forever. We want it to go away so that we can go back to living lives as we had before, or hopefully better than before. But we need to have faith that God will save us. And this faith is how we resist the enemy. Verse 10 says this about the reality of God saving us and how we can grow in that faith to know that that's true. It says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So God will save you. God will save you in this life. So as we think of salvation, salvation, our salvation in Christ, that we were saved by the blood of Christ as it was shed on the cross and that we now have been reconciled to the Father to have eternity walking and, and, and dancing and, and whatever else we do in heaven, worshiping in heaven with all other brothers and sisters in Christ in the presence of our God because we have accepted and, and, um, responded to christ's sacrifice that is for eternity we will experience that and the beauty of salvation is that god promises salvation in this life as well now that's that is nuanced as far as what that looks like but let me say this this text tells us that he will restore us and make us strong firm and steadfast after we've suffered a little while. So COVID-19, this virus will eventually be behind you for one. So if you're one of many who's really struggling with this and ready for it to go away, I want you to take a deep breath right now. Take a deep breath in and out. Breathe out. And trust God right now that he's going to save us from COVID, that it will be behind us at some point, hopefully sooner than later. COVID-19 is not going to last forever. So God will restore us in that respect um, and make us, as the text says, through God's grace, strong, firm, and steadfast. Now, I can't, I don't know how this virus will affect every single person, but in general, what I just stated is true. So God will save us in this life, and that's true not just of that, but many difficulties that are, we're going with. There are many difficulties that we've been dealing with and that we are dealing with that will be a thing of the past at some point in this life, hopefully sooner than later from our standpoint. But some things, some difficult things um, last for a lifetime. I personally deal with chronic pain that potentially is gonna last for a lifetime unless God chooses to heal me. Many of you might be dealing with things that that have been lasting um, for a long time or may last for a lifetime. But we still, whether they're whether they're chronic or acute situations, whether they're gonna last for a long time in this life or a short time, we still, in faith, resist the enemy and run to our shepherd, our father, daily. If you remember, Paul, he prayed to God three times for something that he didn't like in his life. He called it a thorn in his side. And God told him that he's not going to take it away because he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. So God will make a way, and he will sustain us, whether it's a chronic condition or not. And the beauty, though, is even if it's a chronic condition, we will one day shed even these chronic difficulties from our life when we step into his glory to be face face to face with our almighty, beautiful, glorious Father, our Savior, our God. So God, we can trust, as his text says, that after a little while, he will himself restore us and make us strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power and glory forever and ever. Amen. God will save you. So now as we're winding down to the end of the sermon, I wanna ask you guys a very personal question of how you specifically are being attacked right now. What are you experiencing that is harder than normal, that is pulling you down, that is making life more difficult for you right now? Are you feeling lonely? Depressed, anxious, fearful. Have you lost somebody recently? Have you? Do you simply just have cabin fever and are tired of all this? Irritable, frustrated, family difficulties, financial. What is going on with you? How is the enemy attacking you in the midst of all that's going on? Maybe you're not being, maybe you don't notice anything going on right now, but I want you to know that you still need to be aware of how it is possible or or likely that the enemy is going to attack. He's prowling around and Peter is clear that we need to be aware. We need to be alert of this and that we need to be in a posture of resisting the enemy. We talked about how to do that by having faith that God is all powerful, that He loves you, and that He will deliver you. And that in that faith, we run wholeheartedly with all of our being to God. We run to Him to save us, we run to Him to protect us, we run to our shepherd. To keep us from the attacks of the enemy, or from, or to gain the ability to find peace within those attacks. So we need to stay prepared. You know, some some uh, some basic suggestions or other suggestions about. How to practically navigate this season is I want to say we need to be prepared. For, first of all, again, that's, that is um, being alert and being aware. Also, again, I encourage you, read Ephesians chapter 6 about the full armor of God. We need to be prepared for the attacks of the enemy. We also do that through prayer and through engaging in God's word because those are two ways that we run into, run to the shepherd. That's how we run to our shepherd. Two of the ways. Also, again, practically speaking, we need to pick up some some healthy habits right now. If if you don't already have them, um, um, maybe a uh, you know some people might pick up a la- new language or or a a musical instrument or. Whatever it may be, something, riding a bike, go, going for walks, something to get yourself so that you don't have an idle mind all the time. Another thing that can be very practical right now is I would encourage you if you need it, if you're struggling with temptation and sin right now, to get to talk to somebody about it who you trust, of course, and to have somebody that can keep you accountab- accountable in that specific matter. And lastly, we need to reach out more and more, as I've been saying this week after week. We need to reach out to our loved ones and to our families and to our friends and to our uh, joy family, our church families. We need to reach out because though we may be, be doing great, there's some of us who are doing great right now. Not everybody is, and you need to reach out and show your love to somebody. And maybe you are struggling right now and you need to reach out because you're struggling and help and and engage with somebody to help them or to allow them to help you get through what you're going through. You know, when we go back to the the picture of the prowling lion in the, the African plains or wherever, and we think we notice that the, the enemy often goes after the, the straggler, the one that's most vulnerable, the, one, the ones that are off to the side and out of the herd. But that often within the herd, we are safer, closer. And, and the reality is that the shepherd is often in the herd. Um, and as we are close together, um, we are safer. So we need to think about that mentality in general in our life, that we need to be walking with other believers to to strengthen one another's faith, to encourage one another to draw close to our God. But right now, specifically, we need to be creative in how we can quote unquote herd, right? We need to herd technologically <laughs> to some degree, whether it be through the phone, whether it be through Zoom, whether it be through um, meeting with somebody six feet or more apart, whatever it may be, um, of, of course, follow the regulations that are set forth by the, um, the state and government. But we do, we, we be creative. We need to be creative in how we heard, how we connect with one another and encourage one another. So before I pray for each of you, I want to finish with a verse or a couple verses, James 4, 7 through 8. And while this text, these two verses are not in our text for today, they do a beautiful job in summarizing the essence of the message. So I want to leave you with this: these two verses, James four seven through eight. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In other words, get close to God, draw close to him and the enemy will flee. So Lord God, I thank you for each person in our joy family I thank you for each marriage that's represented, for each family that's represented and for every person in each of our families. I also thank you for anybody who happened to stumble upon this, this sermon and is listening to it. Through, literally through this recording, I pray that you will reach out, Lord God, and touch the lives of each person who's listening that your hand that your your spirit would reach out through this recording and as they're listening that that you would that your spirit would rest on them that your spirit and your joy and your peace would envelop them would would overwhelm them would indwell them i pray that whatever areas of lives that, of their life that is being being uh, or, that's more difficult right now due to circumstances, whether it be um, with the virus or anything else, that you will encourage them to find faith, to stand up strong, find faith that you are all-powerful and all-powerful God, that you love us with all of your heart, You love each of us like we are the one apple of your eye. So much so that you would give your son to die on the cross for our sins that we might have eternity with you, reconciled to you in heaven. And Lord, that you are powerful to save us. You've saved us. You've saved us from sin and death as we give our lives to you and believe in your sacrifice, Lord Jesus. And you tell us that you will save us from the things going on in this life, either from changing the circumstances or from giving us peace and helping us through the difficulties in our life, the thorns in the flesh in our lives. And that one day we will rest with you where there is no tear, where every tear it has been dried and, and every pain, and there is no pain anymore. I pray for each person, Lord, that's listening. Keep them safe, strengthen their faith, give them peace, and let them know and feel the depth of your love for them. Let me give you the praise and the honor and the glory, Holy Father, Holy Jesus, Holy Spirit. And it's in your Son, we pray, the power of your Son's name, our Savior, Jesus. Amen. So everybody who's listening, blessings to you. May you go into your homes or wherever you are into the world blessed by the presence of God. And may you share the love of God with all of those who you come in contact with that God puts on your heart to share. Blessings to each of you. Bye-bye.